This is DevOps in Agile Way Podcast. Hello and welcome in the ninth episode of my podcast. And today I decided to break the rules again. And uh, normally I should have the interview right now, but as recently we experienced some issue, I decided to say a little bit words about this. So the issue which I mentioned is AWS outage, which we experienced a couple of days ago. Probably when you listen this ep- to this episode, it will be like a couple of weeks ago, but still, I still believe this is valid to talk about this a little bit because there is too many misconceptions and misunderstandings around that. So generally, what happened? In region called US East 1, this is not Virginia, um, we had an issue with lambdas. And it's not surprising which region it was because US East 1 is the oldest region and uh, most of the hmm, problems happens there, at least from my experience. And they are mostly mm, very heavy problems, right? So we can experience their different problems, some more local, some more like appointed to one EC2 or whatever, or just like global ones. It's kind of critical region because it's the first, it's the central one, and the most things which are global are connected there. At least I I understand it that way. So what happened? Well, AWS Lambda has some issues. They said that there is increased error rate and latencies. Generally, Lambdas didn't work, and this impacted a lot of other services. So generally, the problem was more bigger than just for AWS Lambda. So API gateways, IAMs, many, many other things were impacted by this issue. It took like a couple of hours to fix everything, so it was not that bad, but for sure it was... uh, very impactful for many customers of AWS. But, you know, it's not a big deal, right? And uh, I know what you can think right now, how it cannot be a big deal. Come on, right? I mean, it's not a big deal in terms of, let's say, ways we can protect ourselves from issues like that. Because what we need to know, we had a couple of issues in AWS already in the in the past, right? So I was looking for information about the outages in AWS and I found a web page created by a colleague of mine. I hope I can call him that way, Wojtek Gawroński, who has the web page where he tried to track all outages uh, in AWS or at least he tried to track them because right now he is AWS employee as a developer advocate. And uh, I will link this uh, page to the description of this podcast. And on this page, we can learn that, yes, as I said, US East 1 is the most, let's say, impactful and uh, problematic region. But also we can learn a couple of occurrences of the issues, right? And the first notified by Wojtek is from 2008. It is about S3. And the biggest, I think, I believe it was the biggest one. It was again S3 disruption. 
again US East 1 and it happened on 28th of February 2017 and uh, I remember this very well because at that time I was on on call I remember like today my feeling like being useless completely you know sitting next to the to the computer looking on the status page waiting for any information etc etc and funny thing status page of AWS at that time was hosted on S3 so AWS wasn't able to refresh the status page because S3 was down so on the status page we saw that everything is okay because it was hosted through the CloudFront right so that was really funny I was laughing that time that half of the internet was down and it's not exaggeration I think the outage was quite long if I remember correctly at least one day to restore everything and many companies start to think how to prevent this to happen again I don't know how many companies implement actual plan but they at least thought about it and after that we had a couple of other issues like uh, some DNS resolutions for EC2 some eight hours long um, impairment uh, of the EBS uh, something with the networking etc 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 and finally recently we had this stuff with AWS Lambda and now the point is I think Werner Vogel said that in some reinvent that everything will be down someday and anyway it's not like a you know um, inventing the wheel it's the truth which we should know and understand it's it's you know the technical stuff it's the it's some equipment which can be broken because it can just like that in order to understand what we can do to prevent the situation to happen one element of what we need to understand is how SLAs SLOs works we will have the episode about that but the most important element here is, here is to understand that if you multiply the things in AWS it not necessarily help you okay because what is behind every single service every single piece which you see on AWS like uh, I don't know, like EBS, like load balancer, like transit gateway, like lambdas, whatever, it is a distributed system. It means that there is no one piece of equipment which is equal to your one load balancer. It is set of devices, and if your load balancer, your transit gateway, your database is down, it means that there is a bigger problem probably the whole zone or even whole region has issues or the whole AWS, right? So multiplying transit gateways, for example, in one AZ, in one region, it doesn't make sense. Maybe you want to pay more, but that that's up to you. But from the stability perspective, it doesn't make sense, okay? The only one way which you can prevent here or secure yourself is to multiply your solutions your platforms into different regions okay but you can say right um uh, okay but what if it will be like a global outage for the global service 
for IAMs, for example, right? And I'm using IAMs heavily, what you should do, in order to communicate between my services. And yes, you're right, you are doomed. So what is the next step here? All right, let's migrate our recovery to Azure, to GCP, to any other cloud. <laughs> nice idea. But think about costs. Think, think about the operational turmoil you will have. Think about this unfamous vendor log. You have your Lambdas, you have your SQS, you have your API gateways, you have your DynamoDB, and now you need to rewrite everything for the services in Azure and GCP. Just to avoid the situation which may happen. There is always probability of it. And that's it. So you need to do the proper brainstorming, proper thinking process, proper risk analysis, if this is worth at all. And now, surprise, surprise, probably it's not. Okay? Or maybe you have so critical service that maybe you should think about this. But probably if you have so, such critical system, probably you are not in cloud yet. So outages happen and will happen. It's not the mystery, it's not magic, it will happen. The only thing you should be properly prepared is how to recover after it. Because there is a probability that uh, recovery of your vendor will impact you somehow. Maybe you need to restore some data. Maybe you need to restore some services. So having proper recovery procedures, recovery um, approaches is critical here. And you need to test them. It's very similar to what we have with backups. Some say that there are two types of people, those who do backups and who don't. I would say that there are three types of people. Those who don't do backups, those who do backups, and those who test backups. And here is the same exactly about the recovery. There are three types of people. Those who are not having any recovery procedures, those who have recovery procedures, and those who test them. You need, you have to, you must test your recovery procedures. Because when you have to use it, it's too late to learn how to recover. You need to be quick, you need to be accurate, and you need to be sure what you do. That's why recovery procedures, recovery management is so important. Okay, What you do with your data, how you store your data, how you recover your data, what is your RTO, what is your RPO. So restore time objective and restore point objective. It means how much data you can lose during the outage and how fast you will recover from it. And now, very important point, and this is also to, related to SLA, SLOs, etc., etc., we will talk about this. But if your recovery, let, let's suppose you have database on AWS. And now I will put some magic numbers, some imaginary numbers, okay? Let's imagine that AWS promised that their recovery time objective is four hours. So what should be your recovery time objective? Four hours? Three hours? Five hours? If you said four hours, what sounds like a valid, it's very bad. Because 
AWS can finish their recovery part one second before this time will up. And you have no time to ensure that the data is proper. Maybe you need to restore something from your side as well. If you said three times, uh, three hours, I'm sorry, it means that you are below even the vendor RTO. This is a very stupid decision. So the only one way is to say like five hours, right? This gives four hours to your vendor to recover everything and one hour for you to just be sure that everything is there. And this is decision what you need to make on the business and the operational level, especially if you have some critical systems. Right, so I think that I gave you some hopefully insightful thoughts to think about. Let's wish ourselves no more outages on AWS, at least this year. And see you in the next episode. Thank you, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of DevOps and Agile Way podcast with your host, Pabeyu Pivos. Subscribe, comment, and do not forget to check our next episodes. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Stay curious. Stay curious.